This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to another wonderful edition of The Adam Ritz Show. It's a fun look at public affairs with myself, Adam Ritz, and my co-host, Jay Baker, on the telephone. Hey, Jay, how are you? I am doing great today, Adam. I think uh, I think it's a fun look at public affairs. I know uh, sometimes community service can be uh, a dry topic, and we try to take a, a little look at this from uh, a few fun angles. We do have serious issues to talk about. Lately, we've been talking about life under, under COVID. Uh, gosh, it seems like... 15 years we've been talking about life under COVID. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that uh, during this episode. I had just a few uh, topics I wanted to cover before we get to your topics. Uh, I wanted to give a, a shout out to a couple of young kids in Michigan that found a wallet this week. And it had more than $500 cash in the wallet. Now, I know that's not a million dollars or or even a thousand dollars, but uh, this made national news because the boys turned in the wallet rather than keeping it. Uh, They turned it into Wayland Police, uh, and the police department announced on Facebook that they uh, had a wallet with a certain amount of cash in it, and if you know whose it could be, if you identify the wallet and how much money, you'd get it back. And the rightful owner of the wallet was returned their property, and... uh, Logan Michaud, age 14, and Austin Nichols, age 13, were honorary citizens of the day for their good deed in uh, Wayland, Michigan. How cool is that? That's a great story. All right. Have you ever found uh, a sizable amount of money in a wallet envelope uh, and, and returned it or turned it in? Well, thankfully, I've never found a wallet because I always feel bad when anybody loses their wallet. Uh, but I have found $20 just sort of floating around, uh, and I didn't know who to return it to. But you do raise a very good point. What would you do if you found a sizable amount of money in a wallet? Uh, my hat's off to these young men because uh, I know as an adult, I would say return the wallet immediately. But, man, as a kid, you know, you, you, you're, I bet those guys were thinking it over, and I'm glad they made the right choice. You know, I've uh, I've found cash on the ground, twenty dollar bill, ne- nothing more than a twenty. But uh, I found a twenty dollar bill, and I think you're okay if if you don't stand up in the middle of the street and yell, "Did anybody lose this twenty dollar bill?" <laughs> because yeah. fifteen thousand people are going to say, "Yeah, that was mine." <laughs> uh, now, if you do witness and see the bill fall out of somebody's pocket or out of their purse, then yes, you should. Uh, don't risk health or uh, injury by running across an interstate to return the money. But, yeah, you should return that money. Uh, I, I wouldn't feel too guilty if you find a, a couple bucks, a $5 bill on the ground, and you and you don't turn it in to uh, uh, a nearby store owner or because you know some kid's just going to pocket the cash anyway. I did have a situation right. where uh, I found at a Subway restaurant, I found uh, right Next to the reg- the cash register, as I was checking out, there was no line when I got in there. So apparently, the person before me, minutes before I got there, that I never saw, 
left an envelope on the counter right by the cash register. And the employee of, uh, of this particular uh, uh, location was on the other, you know, the, the, the employee side of the cash register. So they couldn't see this envelope. Right. And, you know, I'm going to just guess this person was on their way to the bank and was hungry and wanted to grab a sandwich. And this, this envelope had 10 $100 bills in it. Wow. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've thought about this a thousand ways. There's no way I'm, I'm taking it. Cause I just assume I'm on, I'm on hidden camera and I'm going to be, uh, the subject of a case study where I'm the, I'm jerk of the year. Cause I took somebody's <laughs> thousand bucks. It was their house payment. And now they're getting evicted. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I, you're right. So, you know, I want to do the right thing. Not, just for the sake of doing the right thing, but so that I don't go viral for doing the wrong thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know, know uh, it well. But here's what I've thought about. When I turned in the envelope, you know, I, I didn't know who to, I'm not going to drive to the police station uh, with cash. So I just gave it to the store owner because if that were me, if I left that money, I would return to the store uh, immediately, like in seconds, and say, did anybody find an envelope? Yes. Um, and I gave it to the, the guy that owned the store, and, and hopefully I, I got my sandwich and left. Hopefully that person returned and got their money. Hopefully the store owner didn't just throw the envelope away while pocketing the $1,000 and then telling the person that returned for the money, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but it is something that, uh, that maybe you should pre-think about. And uh, if you ever find a wallet or a sizable amount of money, what would you do with it? How would you turn it in? Are you, are you prepared for the ramifications uh, if you keep it and you are featured as a case study on NBC Nightly News as jerk of the year for ruining somebody's life because you didn't return their money. Yeah. And you would hope, too, that if you had left that envelope, that somebody would be kind enough and uh, thoughtful enough to actually say, wow, this does belong to somebody. I bet this is important. Uh, and you would like to think that if you return to that restaurant 10 minutes later after you realize the envelope was gone, that voila, a good Samaritan like yourself said, no, this is somebody's money. So now, you're absolutely right. You, I, boy, I tell you what, you, you'd really kick yourself, though, if you lost $1,000 that way, because that unfortunately was a bit negligent on their behalf. Well, you know? sure. Yeah, the, uh, the onus is on you as a responsible adult to manage your money, for sure. And I'm just hoping that when the day comes when I misplace a sizable amount uh, and somebody finds it, they'll do the right thing, too, and uh, turn it into the store where they found it. Uh, you know, I was just thinking it was a $5 footlong that I got. Um, I wonder how terrible it would have been for me to pay for my $5 footlong <laughs> and then return $995 to the store. I, 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 know I would not have been upset if I went back to get my money and it was $5 short, as long as it was there. <laughs> yes. That's kind of a funny way to look at it. Yeah. Glad I got the money back and I'm glad somebody got lunch. Now, life under COVID, we've been talking a lot recently about uh, family fun nights and just things to do uh, while you may or may not be under quarantine or just self-isolation or just avoiding crowds. Uh, and a major movie blockbuster that is being released next month straight to streaming is Mulan from Disney. Now, there's been a couple of uh, premiere dates in theaters that have been pushed back and pushed back. And Disney went ahead and made the decision to release that movie straight to streaming on the Disney Plus 
streaming service, and that will be, uh, I believe, in the first week of September. Uh, but they did just release a teaser. Uh, I'm sorry, a teaser um, trailer. Uh, another one, a new one that is uh, online if you want to get uh, hyped up for this with your kids. I know that's a big, big popular character with kids. Uh, the live action version of the Chinese warrior epic premiering next month on Disney Plus, And the new trailer is out this week. So have you been keeping busy with uh, movies and uh, media and entertainment? I have been. And uh, I've taught myself a lot about streaming. And as you said, that's something that a lot of us are turning to. I've caught up on a lot of old television series that I hadn't watched the first time around. Um, and, you know, in between Netflix and Apple Plus and Hulu, uh, I, I feel like I really have kept up. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but that is at least an outlet now. And you can turn it into a positive, as you said, with Family Nights. I've always loved your idea of seeing all of a film franchise and Back to the Future sort of leaps to mind. But over the course of a weekend with your family to watch all three of the movies is kind of a cool idea. It is uh, very cool. Uh, one thing you can do, too, I have a, a family member who's studying uh, film and they're going over copycat films or um there's a term for it it's not copycat it's kind of like sister films uh, and it's mm -hmm. a, the situation where you have a movie or a premise of a movie that came out re relatively close to one another from competing different studios and the best example is is armageddon the movie about the asteroid and then the other movie called deep impact which is a movie right. about an asteroid so both films have a similar plot that an asteroid is coming to destroy mankind on Earth and make us all extinct, and how do we save the planet? And those movies, uh, if you remember, they came out like within 10 months of each other. Oh, um, yes. And that's happened quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of films that uh, have done that. So if you want to, that's another family fun night. Grab a couple of movies with similar plots, watch them back to back, and see how they, how they jive. There's a great one about, uh, I'm going to get these titles wrong, but... Uh, is it Channing Tatum? He was in an action film with uh, Jamie Foxx uh, where terrorists take over the White House. Yes. And, and there's a similar movie, almost the same plot, with Morgan Freeman as the president. And um, uh, I can't remember who the action star is that saves him, but it's the, it's the same plot. President, White House, terrorists. And these movies yes. came out within like six months of each other. One was called like like White House Down, and the other one was called um, White House uh, Terrorism, or, you know, it was just similar titles. Yeah. There was, the other one was titled, There's Problems at the White House. Yeah, Problems at the White House. <laughs> one was called White House Terrorism, the other one was called Terrorists at the White House. Right. Um, but no, I know exactly if, what you're If you want to Google, Google those sister movies or... Uh, competing movies, and those are sometimes fun to watch back-to-back -back as well. You're listening to the cool, Adam Rich Show. It's uh, public affairs uh, with a little bit of a twist. We try to have some fun looking at these topics. Uh, we're brought to you in part by Vibonomics and Vibonomics.com, an audio production company uh, providing music and voiceover messaging to retail locations across the country. Uh, we have a link to their website on our website, AdamRitzShow.com. Jay Baker. Life under COVID continues. Yeah, it's a struggle sometimes, but we found some good COVID notes that'll kind of uh, keep you company because right now, as Adam said, 
Uh, most communities are under sort of that uh, shelter-in-place edict, either spoken or unspoken. Uh, we talked a, a few shows ago about how uh, some people have uh, some retail locations have done very well under uh the coronavirus pandemic, one of them being Amazon. And we were somewhat commenting that Jeff Bezos in one quarter made $58 million. So we said, good to be Jeff, uh, jokingly, because none of us, of course, figured out Amazon. I, I know uh, Adam had sketched Amazon on a napkin 15 years ago, but then but then discarded it w- with the sandwich that he ate. That was my idea, Amazon. That was your idea. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think one of your ideas was let's be born into a royal family because just a couple of days ago, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle just bought an estate that's estimated to be worth $14 million. They were very lucky. Uh, they got it for $9.9 million. Well, good so, for them. I'm happy. That's called getting a deal, Adam. You know that. The last time you looked at a $14 million place, you said, I'm not paying a dime over $9.9 million, and your offer was refused, unfortunately. Hey, Jay, do, it, you, do you mind if I, uh, if I jump in here and tell you the title of those two White House movies? Thing. Oh, no, I, I, I want to hear them. Uh, you know, I, uh, this is a no-no in broadcast uh, going backwards <laughs> uh, instead of keeping the forward momentum going. But I know uh, for the listeners that knew the titles of these movies, they were screaming at me. And for the other ones that are curious and want to know, we were half right. We got one of them correct. It was White House Down. And then the other movie was called Olympus Has Fallen. Okay, yes. Olympus Has Fallen. Uh, And that one um, uh, is, yeah, Morgan Freeman. And um, who's the guy? I'm, I'm getting it. I don't I don't care how long it takes me to find his name. I'm going to stutter and stamble until I... I I've seen... I can see... <laughs> I think Gerard Butler is going to be my guest. Thank you. Ger- I was, yes, Gerard Butler. He was in uh, the film version of Phantom of the Opera, and uh, yes. he was uh, in 300. Um, he was awesome in 300. He and, is um, awesome. And he was and in you know, uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Thank you for saving you, me there. No problem. And you know what's cool about him? He could be in like the worst movie ever and then the greatest movie ever, like within three months. And he is just so cool when they interview him because he just smiles back at yeah. the question. Yeah. Why were you in the bad movie? He's like, hey, I, you know, <laughs> nothing else better to do. They, they can't all be home runs. No. Oh, uh, well, we heard the unfortunate news this week, too, that Big Ten football and Pac 12 football have opted not to play football this fall and that is a crush to a lot of collegiate football fans and i know adam you are a big 10 fan and specifically a purdue fan and i did observe a moment of silence at my home when i heard the news you know i had i had almost forgotten about it and now i blame you for bringing it up again (laughs) and starting my depression all over again well, we have a coworker who I found out is perhaps an even more rabid football fan for Purdue than you are, even mm-hmm. if that's hard to believe. I'm going to guess he needed to be ice bagged down when he heard the news. Well, it's it's confusing too because I, you know, you're you're you do some sports reporting. You'll know more than me. But uh, I had heard today that the Big Twelve has announced that they are are going to they are doing it. They are going to have a season. Did I get that yes. right? 
Yes, they are. And the ACC and SEC famously are saying until they absolutely are shown that they cannot, that they will proceed with their football seasons. That's three of the of the five power conferences. Yes. And, you know, I don't know what the rules are, but I'm sure uh, Ohio State is trying to get out of their Big Ten contract oh, and join well, the Southeastern Conference. How is Ohio going to be uh, in the Southeast Conference? I don't know, but they're going to try to figure it out. Well, the national example of what you're saying is if you live in the state of Iowa where you don't have a lot of pro sports, so your college sports are very important. We've seen how Iowa Hawkeye football has become more prominent over the last 10 years. Well, Iowa State, they're in a different conference, so they get to play football. But if you're Iowa in the Big Ten, you're set, you're told no. So here's two locations a couple of hours apart from each other. And it does affect the good citizens of Iowa, as you might imagine. That's a great example. Yeah, two schools, one can play, one can't. Uh, that is a great example. And as you know, uh, from being a fervent Purdue football fan, you know that the city of West Lafayette is very dependent on Purdue income on Saturdays. Everything from parking to concessions to sportswear sales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those are big economic bummers. There was an article in uh, an Indianapolis newspaper that pointed out with no Big Ten, there is no Big Ten championship game, which is an important stepping stone to the collegiate national championship, because oftentimes a Big Ten school is at least in contention or in the top five uh, without a Big Ten championship. The city of Indianapolis is estimated to lose almost $20 million. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing amount of money, and you don't even stop to think. Uh, and I know that they're doing it for health reasons, but it, it is a big disappointment. Well, I did hear they're planning on at least attempting, I shouldn't say planning, but attempting to have some sort of season in the spring. Yes. And I don't, I don't know what, you know, just waiting a few months is going to do if, unless this thing completely disappears. Um, my daughter was talking about how uh, how hot it's going to be. You know, spring and football season is going to be so hot, and I'm like, nope, complete opposite. In the Big Ten, the spring semester is by far colder um, than the fall semester. So, because at least you have August and September, right, to almost pass out of heat exhaustion as you walk around campus or line your dorm without air conditioning. Um, you go to a football game in. Uh, late February or early March in Big Ten country, it's going to be colder than the game was in November. Yes. Go Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, no thanks. I'm not going to that <laughs> Purdue-Minnesota game on February 28th. Not going to happen. No. <laughs> That's an outdoor stadium, too. <laughs> I know. Hey, thought about you when I saw this story, but uh, a couple of major candy makers are making sure that they get their Halloween candy out early because their concern is there may be quite an infringement on Halloween. We may not have this pandemic thing sorted out by late October. And now, it's like you and I said when we started doing the show, we thought, ah, we'll give it a good four weeks and we'll all be back to work. But did, now we're concerned about an October event. Did you think about me because I like Halloween or because of the candy? And I, you, you know, I still have chocolate uh, acne. 
<laughs> well, there's no one I know that likes Halloween more than you do, and no one I know that enjoys candy more than you do. Both. So it's like a confluence of two magic moments that come together magically for you. In fact, uh, I know there's a, a couple of girls in the office that actually get a certain type of candy just to entice you into doing their work for them. That is true, and I'm a sucker for uh, for a Reese pumpkin. <laughs> I am a sucker for that. And boy, you talk about a, an industry that's going to get hurt. Uh, just the Halloween industry. If there are no Halloween parties, there are no Halloween get-togethers with costume contests at nightclubs or bars. There's no trick or treating. No one's going to go door to door in a pandemic. Right. Um, and then you look at all of the theme parks and haunted houses that are not having their specialty uh, theme nights. And I, I know uh, Universal Studios in their Halloween Horror Nights. That's like thirty or forty percent of their annual revenue. Is, I believe it's it. just in the month of October, uh, and they've canceled that. So it, it it's going to be in the billions the the money lost for for Halloween. You know, it's not like uh, Christmas where you don't go to door door to door in Christmas. You, you're not really going to uh, Christmas uh, costume parties or anything like that. But you're you're still going to spend money on a lot of Christmas stuff to decorate your house and to go see family members and go to their Christmas parties. But as social as Halloween is compared to every other um, holiday, it, it's going to get hurt the most financially. Yeah, it is sort of the uh, adult holiday, if you will, where, like you said, people really enjoy the parties and the social aspects. And, and it is a shame, and maybe things will be more sorted as we head into October, but I just found that interesting that their thought process is at least get it out get and get it in front of shoppers so you know at least they can save some of the uh traditional candy sales that they rely on as well well i'll um, do my part for the u.s economy by buying as much halloween candy as i possibly can <laughs> I'm, a I'm proud, not sure I'm, that's a good idea, I'm but a patriot. that's not a bad idea. I'm a patriot. I'm a proud I'm a American. Patriot. I'll do my part for the U.S. economy. I am going to sacrifice so others will not have to. <laughs> the uh, Fisher-Price company, the famous toy maker. Now, I, at first I thought, when I say these to you, you're going to think I made these up. All right, what happened? But there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of toy sets that they are going to be bringing out onto the market very soon. One is called My Home Office Set. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. This is for kids, and it, it includes a little toy laptop, a little toy phone, a little toy headset so that you can talk on your little toy phone. Mm -hmm. It does include a coffee mug, which looks suspiciously like a very well-known national chain. It's a... Uh, cup shaped with a lid on it mm -hmm. and the little insulating sleeve <laughs> and uh that's my home office set well you know if kids <laughs> there you go they're watching their parents they're watching mom on a on a zoom meeting on a conference call and they want to they want to be grown up so why not they want to jump Price. right on there yeah and uh who knows uh that that may really take off the other one was the cutest chef set this is for kids that realize, oh, you got to cook at home. Of course, this is for kids, so this isn't, you know, something that they should use in a real cooking scenario. But it includes a bib, an apron, a uh, 
an oven mitt, uh, a recipe card, and tongs. Uh, th- there might be some child labor laws involved uh, in a lot of households that are going to use this toy to put the kids to work. Well, hopefully, Adam, what will happen is they'll have the My Little Office set, so when their meal burns, they can use their little plastic phone to call for carryout. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and this is true stuff. We're not making this up at all. Uh, as you know, uh, we're still having trouble getting all the sports sort of up and running. Uh, many of the spectator sports, of course, debating whether they're going to have spectators or not. That'll be a big bone of contention when the NFL takes flight in the fall. But uh, there are some famous restaurant chains that are going to lean very heavily on e-sports. And that's, you know, sports simulations, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Dave mm-hmm. and Buster's, and Chipotle are going to push very hard to give their uh, diners an outlet uh, during these somewhat sportsless times. Now, are they going to be watching people not on the premises play esports, or are people going to be on site with gaming consoles playing the esports? They'll have probably a combination of the two. A couple of these companies are actually developing proprietary channels that will run inside their restaurants and will feature replays and upcoming promos of games that they can participate in. So I I thought that that was interesting. Uh, You know, I would have said, you know, 15 years ago, no one would be into this. But now uh, things really have altered. I think it could could be, you know, it's it's something interesting. To give you an example, Tony Hawk, who's a well-known skateboard guy, uh, is creating uh, exclusive content for Chipotle, and so far, it's been successful. Now they've only played around with it in a couple of test markets, but you know, there's people that will want to participate in a video game where they either skate against or skate like Tony Hawk. Well, I can tell uh, our friends listening that are my age or older that aren't really into video games or esports that this is not due to the coronavirus. Uh, Prior to the virus, eSports was an enormous success anyway. Uh, In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the number one YouTuber, the person on YouTube with the most subscribers and the most views is a guy that sits around and plays video games. Yes, I mean um, it's a phenomena or it's a thing as we as it, we would say. It is nowadays. a it is a real thing, esports. So the only thing that could take this enormous industry over the top is to get rid of real sports, which happened due to the pandemic. So now esports is just exploding even more. Yeah, esports is sort of the vacuum, if you will. But uh, you are correct, and part of this too is because of the uh, television displays. Uh, You know, you have 4K resolution, UHD resolution, and a lot of these games are ultra-realistic. Do you play any of them at all? I do not. I I don't. Uh, In fact, I don't even watch them. I I don't log on to my computer to watch somebody else play um, a digital Pixar version of of NFL football. Uh, But if there is no football to watch and the graphics are that good and it looks real, maybe I'll start watching it. I mean, I'm in the market. Well, I like football, I will, and there's no football. I'll, I'll watch it. I, 
I would tell you that I would sort of be a non-fan on many things, but I really am and have been for the last 10 years a big fan of Madden NFL football. And they get more and more realistic each year. And of course, as you might imagine, the fans go crazy because they love this. They don't like that. They love this. But overall, the experience playing Madden NFL football is pretty impressive. The technology, it looks so real. You don't even need real football players anymore. Uh, The same thing is happening in audio and radio. Pretty soon there'll be e-public affairs shows and you and I will Uh be out of a job. (laughs) <laughs> we don't want that to happen. We'll be replaced by robots. Yeah. And, and the good news is they won't even need to program them all that well. Right. They they can use half the uh, the memory and half the RAM, and these, vo- these fake voices will be able to think of a Gerard Butler movie with absolutely lightning speed. That's funny. Yeah, speaking of which, in the entertainment business, think about this. Uh, some of the entertainment uh filmmaking companies have come back online here in the last couple of weeks but think about how the pandemic will shape productions adam yeah Uh, it's you know it's a it's i hate to cut you off but we're coming down to the wire here um the hollow the hollywood uh angle with the pandemic has been a very interesting thing to watch uh, I from agree. The, from the streaming services to how they're going to start the production and start up with movie making, it's going to be fascinating to watch how this plays out. Jay, thanks for coming on the show. And for our listeners, if you want to listen to past episodes, you can at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out of Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.